listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, where B-grades are not met by angry parent emails and not-so-subtle voicemails from lawyers. This is episode 536. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Netflix Norwegian fantasy series Ragnarok, which is in its third and final season. I thought that was apropos, since you are in the, in the middle of uh, parent conferences. Well, I'm done with done with parent conferences so yeah i I only had two today and one of them can't or one of them didn't show oh nice and they were online too so i got to do it from the comfort of my own ah i was gonna say um it it, was there anything worse than having that gap in the afternoon and of course some parent schedules it for the absolute last time slot and then doesn't show yeah yeah i mean you remember when we had to do them twice a year right oh yeah and we did them in the spring, which is the most useless ones ever. But we, yeah, you know, we were on the block schedule, so we had new classes. But no one ever came in this. I remember the one time, I didn't even have anything to grade. Usually, that's what I do in between, because I always have stuff to grade, always. But um, and so I watched, like a whole. I watched Undercover Brother. I watched a whole movie, waiting for my last appointment to show up. And so, uh, yeah. I guess there are worse things to do. There are worse things. Yeah, yeah. I can't really complain. No, but you, we, you know, we'd kind of like to be home at that point. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like the uh, the way we do it now, it's just like the first night is in person. And then the other times, if you do it, they can all be um, over Google Meet, which is awesome. Yep. So I can just go home. And if I have a two-hour layover, I could go and do something, uh, get something to eat, you know, clean the house, whatever, you know. All right, cool. All right. If you guys out there want to contact us with hopefully not threatening email, <laughs> sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do it. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. And speaking of the Facebook group, um, you know, it, it had been brought to my attention by by several people once we announced how we were going to cover bodies, which is basically spoilery right from the start. So I thought, well, let me throw up a poll just out of curiosity, because we've done all sorts of different methods on sci-fi TV rewatch because a show like Fringe, where, you know, we and, you know, most of the listeners, I would suspect, have already seen the entire series, but we approach it spoiler free for each episode. And generally, that's the way we have covered things when we are you know, doing Ragnarok now. I don't know about you, but I still haven't seen episode six. And, no, I have not either. Yet. Right. So we've said spoiler free with this. Uh, same with Foundation. But, you know, that's not always the case. And for a show like Bodies that, that clearly must drop so many hints along the way that you miss the first time around – you know, you and I talked and we thought, well, let's just, you know, go right from the start and, and spoil things and, and point things out in episode one that maybe become important in episode five. Mm-hmm. So I, I threw up a poll in the Facebook group, three options, and, you know, we getting some votes on there. And, and as I point out in the poll, it, it's informational only. We're making no promises, <laughs> you know whether we're going to change our tact on our coverage of bodies, but yeah. you know, we'll see. We have a solid, uh, it's my party and I can cry if I want to 
policy on this podcast. So, you know, if we decide to, um, you know, fly in the face of public opinion, you know, so be it. Yep. And by the time this podcast comes out, you've got about maybe eight to 10 hours still to vote. So if you haven't voted yet, get out there and vote. And hopefully that's what a lot of people will do in the next election. And oh my God, I don't even yeah, want to go. Democracy only works if you participate. Wow. Yeah. Although you look what happened in Argentina. So pretty yeah. darn frightening. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a mess. Anyway, what are you watching? It's been a while since I think I've talked about Ghosts, the sitcom, which is hilarious. I love it. And it's actually something my wife and my daughter and I, that's become our thing. And we kind of got, um, you know, there was a, a while there where we were, um, you know, got behind on episodes. But thanks to the magic that is Paramount Plus, uh, we were able to catch up. And then we got to the end of, of season two of the American version. And my daughter's like, all right, let's start the next one. I'm like, nope. That's it for right now. There, there is this thing called a writer's strike, and uh, they haven't made any new episodes yet. So, uh, but then fortunately, um, I guess it's CBS. I don't know ABC, one of those companies, and Paramount Plus are now running the original British version of the show, Ghost UK, and they ran the first two episodes. And it was it's a, a little, quite a bit darker than the American version, um, but still wildly hilarious like i was definitely laughing out loud on a number of occasions so um looking forward to which is kind of also what i would often do watching the american at least during season one of ghost was much more uh but much better um i am i've rewatched the first part of season four of doom patrol and now i'm like two episodes into the last i think i only have like two episodes left of it and then that is that is it that was that's the uh the the series finale, not just the season finale. That would be it for Doom Patrol. And, you know, that show is, it's, you know, again, I, I, I enjoy it. Is it a go-to? No. You know, was I, like, I didn't even, I didn't actually even know that they had, you know, the, the, the second part of season four had dropped. Um, so, but it's, it's enjoyable. Um, you know, it's, it's not. I, I I can't really put my finger on what like the the problem with it is. I guess like at first because it's kind of like quirky and you know like you have these people who are like heroes but they're not like hero heroes and they're selfish and messed up and everything. It's not as bad as the boys, but you know kind of similar vein. I don't know. Maybe it gets sometimes. I, it just seemed like it, the quality has deteriorated as, as it's gone on, which I guess it's not unusual in tv as we've seen before and there was just one last thing i want to say because i mentioned the killer last week what i forgot to mention about it was you know in despite as i said i did overall enjoy it despite the massive amount of voiceover in it but two great things about it was the music which was basically was the smiths like every time he, he had like a little ipod he put it on it's always the smiths that was awesome um, though often it was like kind of in the background because, of course, he was narrating. There was a voiceover. So uh, Morrissey in the background, narration front. That's not my best, but at least they have the Smiths in there at all, which was awesome, which I absolutely loved. One of my favorite bands. And then also wherever this guy, the killer, went, uh, Michael Fassbender, his aliases were always the name of American sitcom characters. 
which was really funny. So he'd be like George Jefferson one place and Archie Bunker another and Sam Malone another place. So that was, I thought that was a clever little, uh, little Easter egg that they put in there. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, all, right now, so all right. Now, you just said you have Paramount Plus, right? I do. And the reason I know this is because I was horrified at my latest uh, DirecTV bill. I'm trying to figure out what the hell went up. Well, if you have Paramount Plus, then you have Showtime. I do. That's my understanding. You might want to look into it. All right. Yeah. I'll check it out. I, you know, I, I, okay. Yeah. I'll check. I, I, I did see it. They have Showtime stuff on there. And I just, I guess I kind of assumed that if I click on this, they're going to charge me for Showtime. I don't think so. So Really? Y- yeah. Definitely check it out. Like, Curious. Right. All right. I'll have to check that out then. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, for me, I'm going back to Netflix, and my wife and I are, have just enjoyed every Polish drama that we've seen, you know, mostly on Netflix. But the latest one is this coming-of-age tale called Absolute Beginners, which you may have seen pop up in your Netflix feed, although probably not because no. stuff like that pops up in ours because it's got the algorithm. Right. Yeah. Um, six episodes released on October 25th, best friends, Nico and Lena spend the summer filming a project that they plan to use to gain admittance into film school. And, you know, we learn that they've grown up together, they're best friends and, and, you know, you keep waiting for the romantic angle to, you know, emerge. And of, and of course it does, but their past cross with this young basketball player named Igor who's trying to make it to the next level and you know in Europe as, as I know you know Europe doesn't have high school sports they just right. have club sports yes. so he's at a fairly high level he he's 17 or 18 but he's trying to get to that next level and it's just a wonderful look at young people struggling with impending adulthood it's pretty erotic in places for sure Mm. uh nico and lena's parents are best friends and and the two families are sharing a summer place which is where the story takes place so you know if you're into the coming of age tale it's really well done and and again i if you've listened to this podcast you know how much i think of international drama so uh um and, and then last thing i jokingly send a message to scott although maybe not so much joking uh, scott's wife is english and he mentioned that they're beginning to watch bodies so i asked him if he's going to need to turn on the uh closed captioning since they're not really speaking english and you know so that he might want to do that um and then i saw i see that the newest for, for those who understand dave means they're not speaking american english is, is, is <laughs> yeah. what he meant by that for those you were confused by what he just said uh, right. yes and i noticed that uh, as if ncis los angeles ncis new york ncis uh, new orleans not enough now they've got ncis sydney and I thought, you know, of asking Linda Bond, do I need to turn subtitles on since I don't know that they're going to be speaking English there either. But I, I may give it a shot if I, I get the chance. But uh, Okay, well, that's the beauty of subtitles. Though. Yes. All right, well, let's get to a show that we... Well, that's funny you mentioned Scott, though, because I was talking to him just the other day. 
And uh, I think if he hasn't voted yet, I think he sounds like he's solidly in the uh, do the show with spoilers for bodies. Okay, cool. Sounds like how, what he was leaning towards when we were talking about it. So. Okay, well, he's going to have to exercise his uh, right to vote. But uh, let's get to a show that we absolutely need subtitles, and that is, of yes. course, Ragnarok, Episode 5, Season 3. A farewell Except when they say the F word. Yeah. We got that. We understand yeah. That. A farewell to arms written by Emily Labesh K and Adam Price. No, it was written by Ernest Hemingway, dude. Come yeah, on. good point. Uh, directed by Mogens Hagedorn. The series was released August 24th, 2023. So I, I think it was you that said it's probably not fair to call this the penultimate episode since there's only six episodes in the season but well, it is what it is you can call it because penultimate just means second to last right so right so, so you're totally fair to call it that yeah and, and in terms of the series it, it, it sets everything up for this monumental battle which now we're not sure we're actually going to get so oh, we're gonna get it well, okay, okay. So, so let's yeah. let's. It's happening. Okay, well, it's on the opening scene. We get that text overlay about Balder, who was felled by Loki's arrow. Yeah, it's really pissing me. These are starting to piss me off, actually, a little bit. Okay, but why? It's like, just like because you're freaking telling me this story, right? You're telling me what's going to happen at the end. I want to feel good about this, but some little kid has got an arrow, and his name is Hode or Hod or whatever, and it's just like, well, no shit. Well, there you go. Well, well, then the question becomes how faithful the series is going to be to classical Norse mythology, or is it as, uh, gosh, I can't think of uh, Lawrence's uh, lover's name. Jens. Uh, Jens. Is it as he says, well, we're going to change things. We're, we're going right. to tell our own story. So I'm equally okay, however they choose to do it but yeah i I mean i'm kind of like you you can't have a final episode titled ragnarok and have everybody sitting around a campfire singing kumbaya or whatever they sing in norway here's the thing though and i actually i should i I think i'm going to post the link to this podcast from bbc history extra podcast uh this past week they did one about norse mythology was awesome and uh, the the woman they were interviewing was talking about Ragnarok. And Ragnarok, um, in it, the gods and giants all kill themselves. But there's like a rebirth at the end, like a renewal. Like there's people who survive. So life continues. Uh, or restarts, I guess. And we get that, a sense of that really with with this. Because we feel like this whole, the, the, the utils, right? are the giants and the, the gods are on the cycle. They just keep, like, I guess, dying off and being reborn in other people and stuff, right? Sure. You know, so when, when she said that, I was like, ah, so, you know, maybe that's what's going to happen. Like, there, there'll be, like, Ragnarok's going to happen, but there'll be something at the end, some kind of, like, the world won't be destroyed, I don't think. I, I said that before. I don't think, like, life as we know it is going to be wiped out. By you know, like you know, eight people in Norway, you know, it could be that you know, the gods and giants all end up killing themselves off, and in the end, there's some kind of rebirth type thing happening. So, well, the other thing you have to wonder whether this final battle is going to be initiated by someone other than god or giant, which 
I guess we're meant to think is yeah, going, it's going to be, be hoed. initiated by a little kid with a metal arrow he plucked out of his eye. Right. And uh, again, we go back to that scene. Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's going to be fine, except for the fact that he lost his eye. But other yeah. than that, but it, but it is a great scene because he's holding that arrow. And I forget ex- his exact words, but basically this arrow is going to fly again, yeah. which certainly implies it's going to hit somebody and yeah, i'm this, wondering this, this, if this uh, show were filmed in new jersey i tell you what that kid would say <laughs> oh go ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking shoot someone with this arrow <laughs> well right and and, and we're kind of led to believe that yens might end up being the target because well, yeah his fate right. seems to him, right right yeah. So, it sucks because I'm really starting to like Jens. I mean, well, he's always been nice, but now we're really starting to. They've the last couple episodes, they've actually been able to develop him beyond just the guy Lord's kisses in the um, in the coffee shop, right? And it makes awesome breakfasts for the whole group. Right. I, I will yeah. say that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, I certainly like him a hell of a lot better than Heimdall and his freaking whistle. So. <laughs> That was funny, though. It was. Yeah, it gotta, was funny. You got to appreciate that. That was funny. Um, now, one of my favorite scenes is, is that parallel thematic breakdown of basically characters that are being told to spread their wings and, and go for their dreams. And, of course, it's Magna and Signe in the one, and then Loritz and the Serpent in the other. And the first time I watched it, I wasn't crazy about it. But in retrospect, I, I really like the way they did it. They kept it fairly short. I think it's only about a minute in total. But what do you think about his conversation with Signe? Well, I, I, I liked it a lot. especially. You know, I, I like how you said the second. I did appreciate it, I think, a lot more the second time. Because the first time, like, you didn't, it, you know, it takes me a while to, to catch on that, oh, you know, they're, they're cutting between manya saying goodbye to to signy and and saying and letting her go right yeah and Lawrence saying goodbye to little s little o whatever um and same thing saying you need to get out leave go go somewhere else you know um they as you said spread your your wings neither actually literally wings but you know what we mean by that um so i really liked it the second time around and especially with Manya because he's been such a a-hole for you know like three episodes now um for him to go back and say you know I admit I've been an a-hole and I'm super sorry and and not like hey you know how about we we go in and get one more for gold time so you know but he just walks away saying I, I hope you you know you like you said like I hope you are successful I hope you have a happy life Right, and I, I got to say, I, I, a little disappointed she doesn't call him back. But on the other hand, I'm glad she doesn't call him back because there's still time. I, I'd like to see her become part of the team, which I guess would in, uh, in, entail Wotan initiating her a, as a god. But, you know, on the other hand, she might not want to be a god. She might look at everything that's been going on I, I once she's read into the truth of the matter uh, nah i'm good being a human you guys go have your fun but 
Yeah. I feel like she'll, she still has a role to play here. Yes. I don't think we've seen the last of her. But yeah, I don't think that she's going to be inducted into the into the gods, which apparently you can just do. Yeah, Wotan just says, "Hey, these guys are gods. Cool, cool. All right." Yeah. So, all right. Well, certainly one of the stories is the gods preparing for battle, and you know, Wotan arrives at Magnus' house with Kiwi and Yens, and and that that's when we learn, you know, as you just said, that they've been initiated as gods. And I think it's Harry. It's like WTF. Uh, where yeah. did that come from? But you know, Wotan knows they're going to need everybody if they're going to uh, defeat the giants. Um, and it seems like, all right, they have a plan. This is stage one. And then Magna comes in, cuts them off. Dude, I'm in charge. Sit the F down. And he bangs the hammer on the table for effect and like we said last time magnus learned nothing and it takes wotan uh, taking him out into the woods and lighting one up and rolling the (laughs) uh the stones again or if we want to use a uh, rush reference rolling the bones roll the bones right um, yeah i like it i like it so well, uh, it literally is rolling the bones because I, well i guess they are stones right but i think yeah. a lot of times they the the sure <clears throat> at least in all the in my wide education of movie watching that i've seen um the uh the, you know, the soothsayer whatever has a has like bones in a in a little pouch and yeah yeah and, and what happens is immediately i think iman is first has had enough gets up i'm done i'm out of here followed by harry and everybody's walking out the door and wotan you know stops them and and basically tells them wait here don't make any decisions yet magna you're coming with me and then you know we, we get that that sequence that I mentioned where, well, I love that everyone does what he tells, right? Sure. He's like, no, you're not going. And then they don't. He's like, Manya, you're coming with me to the woods. And he does. And even when he wants to leave, I mean, obviously running into socks, it probably has something to do with it, but he does go back and, uh, completes his training unlike luke skywalker. Well, well, yeah. And you know, it's funny because I, I love that, that sequence when he runs into Soxa, who's, you know, wearing her mission impossible black outfit and, you know, uh, who among us hasn't, you know, fallen prey to an attractive blonde at some point in our, uh, dating life. It's a tale as old as time. Yes. But it's good to see that. Well, Magna has learned something. <laughs> he at least can acknowledge that, you don't like me. You want my hammer. And and no, the actual hammer. You said. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and she's like, well, we'll divide the world between us. And he's like, uh, no, we won't. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't distrust her there, Dave, honestly. Oh, I do. I know. I am a sucker for a pretty face, but I, you know, I like, I, as she's saying that I've, I feel like she's actually on the level. And then what follows, obviously she does a quick heel turn there, but she's but he pushes her, he physically pushes her away, you know? Yeah. And as we all know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And so she obviously is gonna go back and be now super pissed. I 
I, I, I'm down with what she said. I think, I think she's on the level with that because she, she, her family, I mean, what has her family done for her, right? How have they treated her? Like they, even uh, by Ron's own words, she's been a slave for like a year now. Right. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll come back to this story in a second, but, but the other, you know, with the giants preparing for battle and, and we see Fjord sharpening his ax, but the fact that he's wallowing in self-pity is just, I, I, I think, a great scene because on the one hand, he's right to be afraid. He's right to figure he's going to his death. But he's preparing, you know, his weapon anyway. And then once we, you know, we, we get to that scene where it's three on seven and they've got the hammer and she just charges headlong with her, you know, spear, which takes us back to season one and that scene with the javelin where, uh, you know, she really gets Magna's attention, I think, for the first time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. And the the bravery that she exhibits at that point, yeah, I don't think is to be overlooked. Now, you might say, well, bravery, stupidity. I choose bravery, I think, at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, we know that the that the giants' I think weapons there is a very thin line between bravery and stupidity. Well, yeah, there can be, of course. And sometimes, even when you cross over, yeah, you get big poems written about you by Tennyson. Nice, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but you know the uh, the fact that we know giant weapons can kill the gods, so as she's running towards the group with the spear you know above her shoulder i'm thinking well i don't see any shields back there so unless they're gonna duck and move away from you know the, the the oncoming spear you know somebody might go down here of course that's not what happens because magna calls a halt to it but right. but when he looks over at, at Jens and Lawrence, who are encouraging him, like, you know, Jens, this is great. I love I love this character, man. Like, he's like, there's there's a different way. It doesn't have to be everyone choosing death. We can all choose life, which is great because that was <laughs> what the shirts that George Michael and I was gonna originally say. used to wear. Right. Say that. And I'm like, yes, wham, baby, wham. But that was a, that was a great line, and it's and he looks over it. He's like, "Yeah, you know, hell yeah. Why don't we choose life? Why don't we decide? How about if we decide not to kill each other? Let's try that out for a little bit and see how it works. It turns out it works out pretty well, right? And you you, you go back to the the three giant characters and Ron, who is supposed to be you know the adult figure I'm making air quotes obviously right because really has not has really taken a back seat to the two kids right right and it never gets old when she goes in to see the guidance counselor I feel so incredibly fragile <laughs> we're thinking like yeah and who is it that it's Laura it's that censor to the counselor right right and, like, and, and then yeah. she's like well you know i tried to kill my daughter yesterday but i wasn't able to do it yeah and, and we're thinking like she's lost it I, I mean she can't have been the principal of a high school and not understand 
these are things you cannot say. So I think we have to look at it that that she is so far gone in this predicament that in, in which she finds herself that that she does need a shoulder to cry on. And obviously, she's not going to get that from Fjord and she's not going to get it from Saxa. So, you know, it, it, it's certainly understandable. Um, yeah, well, I also think it also speaks to their her perception of her own privilege, right? Like sure. I can, like you said, there's things you can't say for her. Not really. There's nothing that the Udals can say and nothing that they can do that can't be swept under the rug. I mean, they've literally been poisoning the whole town and people are like, well, I, you know, I want, I want my job. So it's cool. Well, right. Yeah. Right. Because not only is she the principal of the high school, she is the, the head of the family of the company that basically runs the town. So yeah, you're right that, that, that she can say whatever she wants. Uh, Fjord's secretary shows up at the mansion because he's called in sick, which again is, is just too funny. Yeah. Um, like, dude, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you called in sick. That was hilarious. I love that. Uh, and, and then she sees him with the axe and she makes some sort of a shining comment, which again yeah. is, is just, just too great. Yeah. She's like, are you channeling, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson in the shining? Right. Like, yes. Right. But then that, that final scene of, of this, aspect of the of the episode where where Fjord finds Saxa sitting at his desk wearing her pinstripe suit which I think we've seen before uh, really looks great on her but the executive assistant seems kind of pleased at the tension between the two and you know we learn that Saxa's plan is to take out the gods who are unprotected with Wotan and 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 Magna away and then suddenly Magna and Wotan show up at the door with a proposition yeah. uh, from Wotan. Well, it was great because they were like, you know, ready to pull, you know, like, you know, I'm getting something like, God, the freaking Udles pulling this crap again. They're going to go do some sneaky shit and everything. And they open the door and boom, right. Wotan. And then at first you're like, well, all right, Wotan. And then like Manya comes up behind him. And then that's when they, everyone takes a couple steps back. So that was actually a really good scene. I like that. Yeah, and you know the the theme that really is brought up with Wotan and Magna when you know they're out in the woods that we've heard innumerable times with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Uncle Ben. Yeah, and <laughs> he's clearly Magna. That is just never considered what he's able to do, who he's able to hurt who he's able to help. Yeah. And you mentioned it a few episodes back, I think, that we need to go back to the Magna that we meet in the series premiere. And, and we see that guy. And we do, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. in some of these flashbacks. And, and, and it's great because you think like, oh my God, that was a horrible haircut. How could his mother <laughs> have let him go to school that way? Well, we did think that at the time, but it's just it's exacerbated But when you see it with how he looks. Because now he's got the beard and everything. And he, man, he looks like Thor now. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it, forget how he looked when he first got there. When he, he didn't look like Thor at all. He was really... Um, just a very awkward looking kid. Oh, what's that, that Thor that he sees when he looks in the mirror? I think it was at that t- probably toward the end of season one, yeah. if I recall, could have been in season two, but, but yeah, that, that guy that 
really didn't exist at that time, but but clearly does now. And I think, as we said at the beginning of this season, clearly uh, Magnus hit the weight room somewhere. Uh, we, yeah. we haven't seen too much exa- uh, evidence of it. Well, so I, far. I just think it was. I mean, yeah, he, I'm sure he's he's been you know like bulking up a little bit, but. Um, I think it's just really clever because I mean, it's not—he's not that much older than he was when it started, and so I think they just did such a really great job with the costuming and and the way he, you know, like it's just acting, like physical acting, to enact the part of a super insecure teenager, and then transform in just—I mean, you really think about it—it's what six, twelve, seventeen episodes completely transformed himself into an overly confident super bro, you know? Yeah, sure. And then we get to, you know, the, the really the end of the episode, the confrontation. I feel like I'm watching, uh, you know, the Norwegian version of West Side Story. The- <laughs> right, that's I was saying. I was, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, do-do-do-do. I was waiting to watch people start snapping their fingers. Yeah. And stuff. And the two sides arrive in slow motion. Of course, they have to. I mean, I would have been very disappointed had they not used the slow motion. Right. And this was the site of the fight Magna has with Vidar, isn't it? I I, uh, I feel like, you know, back maybe. in, I don't even remember, was yeah. when did Vidar die? In season one or two? Now I can't remember. See? End of season one, yeah, I think? I maybe? think so. I don't yeah. know. We really should have gone back yeah. and watched these one and two again, I guess. <laughs> but it's it's seven against three, which fewer notes. Yeah. Uh, he's got the axe, sacks of the spear, Ron with the bow and arrow wearing something that looks like out of the, you know, American West. I feel like, you know, that outfit she's got is something you'd see Jesse James or, uh, you know, one of the other gunslingers wearing. Yeah. Uh, but still... And that was a little surprised that her, her bow is made out of metal uh, because yeah. when, when she drops it, you, you can hear the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you notice the weapons that the gods have? Um, I mean, somebody, I forget who, I, I should have written it down, but one of them has a chain. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I think Lawrence, I think it, look, it looks like he's got a screwdriver, or so I guess it's a <laughs> knife. Um, but but they're, well, they have the hammer. Well, like, they do they, have they the hammer. The one, right? That, that's all they need. Like if Manya wanted to end the Giants, he could have easily done it. Right? The the minute Saxon took one step, I think he could have, you know, done the the Giants in uh, which, pretty easily. Which then goes back to just what I think of her for doing that. Just like you know, I'm not going to sit here and cower in fear. If I die, I die. And, you know, not, so she doesn't, of course, at, at this point. Right. But screw mythology, she says, I'll lead. And then, you know, as we said, bravely or stupidly, um, she forges ahead. And then I, I guess I'm a little surprised that it's Magna who's saying that there's another way. One by one, the weapons are thrown to the ground. We can choose a new world order rather than death. Uh, all right, fine. So what's this new world order? All right, Saxa is running Util Industries. Do we assume that she's going to do her best to clean up 
the town, clean up the water, um, stop acting irresponsibly with great power comes great responsibility. So is she going to be the new head of a new company? Well, you would you would think so because you would imagine that Manya, if we're brokering this piece, right? There, I mean, we don't see the quote unquote treaty that's happening here, but there there has to be some kind of understanding between the two sides. And you think Manya, his first thing was like, "Listen, you gotta you gotta stop the stop the crap, man. Yeah, you know, stop the pollution and you know turn Yule Industries around and you know cut all this nonsense out." All right. But we still know in the background looms the hammer. So well, that's the thing. Like you clean up Udall and I don't smash your head in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might word it a little more subtly, but yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like in, in these kinds of things, best to be honest. I mean. Right. Now the other part of the New World Order, as we said, Fjord has stepped down, but now he can date his executive assistant which he seems pleased about. She seems pleased because, as she says, she didn't look forward to dating her boss. So uh, so that's cool because it's just kind of another side we've not seen of Fjord. You know, he, yeah, he, he just wonder, like, the you know, the minute, like, she shows up late for a date or something, does he chuck her into the fjord and yeah. feed her to the, the massive serpent? Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's funny because we've seen him mistreat women in the past, and you get a sense, and, and maybe I'm being naive since he's a giant, she's a human, at least we assume she's a human. It, it seems like she's kind of in control in the beginning stages of whatever this relationship is. So, you know, we'll see. Look, there's only one episode to go, so I, I doubt whether we're going to really see much between those two at this point. But they've chosen peace for the time being. The gods are partying, and Turret and Eric arrive home. If you didn't love Eric already, which I think most of us did, it's yeah. like, hey, they're having fun. We should have fun, and they all start <laughs> dancing. But here's what I noticed. Yeah. Turret embraces Magna. She doesn't even give Laritz the time of day. Now, was he in another room? I think he's dancing, right? Uh, well, okay. So just Yens is a good dancer. I mean, the gay guy is well, always a good dancer. Okay, like, okay. But I guess I I just really noticed that that well, he's your son too. Yeah. And while you know Magnus had problems of his own, you know Lars has different problems of his own. So I don't sure. know. Sure. But uh, well, I think she's, you know, I mean, like, you know, like the the, the prodigal son, maybe. You know, sure. Like Manya's just been such a a jerk recently that she's just so thrilled that he's back to himself or something. But I, just, that that whole scene was just awesome, though. I mean, it was just it was such a great scene. I love like you. Can, I mean, this is a, a a trope as old as time that at the end of a of a of a happier comedy. Uh, dramatic production you always have a dance right I mean, Shakespeare knew it he did it all the time and this was fabulous it, it actually kind of reminded me you saw Sense8 right I, you know I never completed it it's one that I have I, I, I'm going to go back to those are my absolute favorite scenes of Sense8 was when 
they just narrowly avoided death and then just have like a massive sometimes it turned out to be a big orgy but a lot of times just like a huge party and they were just like the celebration of life and it was awesome and this scene is just so awesome and and like you know like Jens, I am just I am just totally in admiration for his dancing abilities. It was great. You know, it's just so it's so much fun. Like you just like you you really feel like things are gonna be okay. Right? And then, you know, then they just pee all over our heads in the very next scene. You mean because of the voiceover? No, with the kid and the Oh, okay, era. okay, okay. Because before that, there's the voiceover about the struggle between good and evil. Yeah, and- I was, I, I, I was, I was able to let that go. See, I'm not, compl- I'm not, I don't say 100% never voiceover. I'm just saying use it sparingly, you know. And I think they, it was, I was okay with it in this case. You know, could they have conveyed that information without the voiceover? Yeah, I think so. But again, they, they have limited time, right? You've only got like 40-some minutes for an episode. So, you know, let's just get to it and because really what we want to see is, you know, the, 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 the wet blanket at the end, knowing that Hode is out there and he's got an arrow and it probably means bad things for Jens. And it probably means this feeling of happiness and everything's okay that we're getting right now is going to be very short-lived. Right. And I'll just end at least – you know my my part of the uh, discussion you know you know singing the praise of the ultra realistic depiction of magna texting signy asking forgiveness did you notice his phone yeah every parent of every teenager ever notices that phone yep so uh <laughs> Anyway, like all my kids, like they're they're the screen, crack screen on every one of them. So yeah. All right. Anything else? Just the, yeah. I think I can't remember whether it's Fred or Alan talked about the title. Um, yeah, and I mentioned at the beginning, farewell to arms. I don't know. Maybe nowadays is the, the I, I, I don't know. Seems like a lot of the stuff that I liked when I was younger is problematic nowadays. I haven't read Farewell to Arms in a while, but I love that novel. I'm going to put it out there. I love Farewell to Arms. One of my absolute favorite novels. And, you know, in it, like that, the meaning is kind of like at least my 11th grade English teacher told me that, that there's a double meaning of, of the title because it's like a farewell to arms, like war, right? Frederick Henry rejects uh, the war and escapes to be with Catherine. Spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, farewell to arms, like literally limbs, like because it's a war. People are like dying and losing limbs and stuff like that. So in that way, there's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, Fred now. I can't remember which of you said this. You know, they, they reject, they throw down their arms, right, and everything. But you feel like that other aspect is around the corner, the farewell to, to limbs and body parts. Sure. You know? Did I mention how much I love that scene of the dancing in the party? <laughs> you did. That was that was just so great. Heimdall. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like you're a big fan, but I thought it was hilarious with Kiwi and the uh, and the whistle and everything. And then the one time I guess they get back and he's sleeping. <laughs> like you got one job, bro. And of course, you know when you're talking Heimdalls, you you have to mention Idris Elba, who is the Heimdall of all Heimdalls. So. While Kiwi, you're an okay Heimdall. You're not Idris Elba, buddy. No. So, sorry. Magna, 
kills a rabbit. How much? How much did that encourage his his conversion? Right, like he just kills a poor little bunny for no reason, just because he's a paranoid weirdo. <laughs> oh, and Manya like wants to replace the giants, right? Like at the beginning when they're at the the team meeting, you know. He's like, now we got the power. We can just become them. It's like, dude, that's wow. That's you hear. Do you hear yourself? Manya? Well, right. I mean, that's how, right. I mean, that's still at the point where have you learned nothing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the answer is at that point he hadn't, yeah. but he gets better. So, uh, I think, I think that's all I got, man. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to listener feedback and we'll be right back. Hello to Dave, Wayne, and everyone at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about Ragnarok Farewell to Arms. What else I'm watching? I'm now up to episode 15 out of 30 of that January 2023 Chinese version of Three Body, which is still an exercise in subtitle speed reading, but I'm enjoying it more and more by the episode. By episode 10, we're now getting flashbacks to what was in the first part of the book. So it looks like a pretty faithful version so far, just not exactly in the same order. Which actually works pretty well, because the first part of the book was three or four chapters about cultural revolution, and there was no sci-fi at all for quite some time. I'm also on season 8 of Shetland, a BBC police crime drama set in the small island of that name, which is situated a few hundred miles north of Scotland and almost halfway to Norway. Now that's an accent. I like the scenery almost as much as the plot as I used to live there when very young and have gone back a few times since. Ragnarok, Season 3, Episode 5, Farewell to Arms. So I need to cover the last bit first. So even though I noted the title and had heard it before, I didn't actually think everyone was going to say farewell to their various arms and drop their weapons near the end. I really thought all the way through someone was about to deliberately or accidentally kill or wound someone on the other side and then the battle was going to commence. And then it didn't. And then most people and gods and giants seemed relatively happy with the situation and most of them went to a party. Now that was <laughs> that was rather unexpected with all the build-up. But I quite liked that. I did like how uh, Magne made up with uh, Signy just as Loritz was saying goodbye to the worm. And sometimes they used exactly the same phrase. That worked pretty well. And then another little exchange between Ran and the counsellor again. So right at the end, that kid who'd been hit with Ran's arrow in the previous episode, which had seemed like just some kind of accidental thing, got released from hospital, apparently with an unusual name, which of course wasn't mentioned, and so now we think it's significant, but we're not quite sure why. As earlier, they had been saying that the mythological Boulder, who is currently Jens, suffered a similar fate. So then I was quite confused, but very intrigued. I really did like how what seemed utterly predictable suddenly wasn't at all, and now we've got no idea what's happening in the next episode. I'm very eager to find out, but I'm just going to wait until your next podcast before I do. Take care. Alan from England. 
Hello Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Ragnarok Season 3, Episode 5. To start with, what am I watching? I already watched this Ragnarok, the movie from the Marvel Universe. And I will keep my feedback, of course, until we will do the podcast about it. What I did do is listen to the Fantastic Geek podcast about this movie and they are real marvel specialists so that gave me some insights in the previous podcast you were talking about buddies that's the mini series we will do after ragnarok the movie and you were talking about a possible season two or is it really stopping after season one i think it's set as a mini series so i actually don't expect a second season And in that sense, it's also good to make an exception for such a small series to do it differently. So, not spoiler-free. Okay, let's shortly go into Ragnarok uh, Season 3, Episode 5. I don't have much time because I'm preparing to go to Germany again. Um, End of September, I also went to Northern Germany because my mother-in-law turned 80 and now it's my father-in-law that turns 80. This actually always reminds me that they both were born in 1943, so in the middle of the Second World War and in Germany. So in 1943 it was still going well in Germany, so there were quite some children born in those days so both my in-laws were born during that time and that is in contrast to the fact that my mother lost her father in 1945 so at the end of world war ii she was a young woman of 20 at that time okay ragnarok of course we all wonder if this peace treaty between the giants and the gods will hold, especially when the last episode is called Ragnarok. So they will have to do a lot in that last episode to give it still some tension. But of course it can go wrong very quickly. But on the other hand, then it has to be resolved also very quickly. Otherwise we'll end up with the end of the world, as you said in the last podcast. And of course we are all curious if there will be a giant god pregnancy or even a child. Talking about children, what I really wonder if this child that got the arrow in his eye and survived that is a kind of continuation of Wotan or something like that. They did a little bit mysterious about it. It is the same eye, his right eye. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I will start with Alan in England. And Alan, I've run across Shetland several times. I'm not sure why we haven't given it a shot yet. So I think it's actually available in several of the services that we have. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll get to it at some point. But uh, I thought it was funny because Shetland kind of sounds like Shetland. Which reminds me of a song. I don't know if you remember the band Live. Uh, I don't. Okay. Very popular in the 90s. But they're from York, Pennsylvania, and they, uh, which is just about an hour north of us here. And they recorded a song called Shit Town about their hometown of York, which I guess they didn't really like growing up in York, Pennsylvania. So, 
which has absolutely nothing to do with what Alan said, but that's just how my mind works. So <laughs> just giving you a little uh, crack in the door open for you a little bit there. Yep. I think they know that by now. But uh, anything else about Alan's feedback that we haven't already mentioned? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, and then Fred brings up the connection or possible connection between Wotan and Hode other than the obvious. So are we talking, I, I mean, like reincarnation doesn't seem as if it would be an explanation because they're both in the same timeline at the same time. But, but I mean, they're two different guys. Well, okay, but I don't know. that. Well, Hode was blind too. And Hode was... Yeah, right. So, so again, it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the discussion. How strictly are they going to adhere to Norse mythology in telling right. the you know the the final chapter of this story? So I, I don't know, but I, Fred, I'm like you. I I certainly thought about that and whether or not there's some connection that I'm supposed to be making. But uh, anyway. What else? I just thought that was really interesting what Fred said about like his uh, in-laws and his parents and how, you know, because, you know, my, well, I mean, your mom, for sure. Um, you know, my parents were born in the early 40s, but, you know, that was in, you know, my dad was just a baby in Buffalo, New York, and my mom in Minnesota. So, the, you know, they, obviously what was happening in Europe had little effect on them. Um, but it's just, you know, it just, it always kind of fascinates me to, to, to think about, uh, people from Europe, especially some of the, like we met my, my daughter's, um, roommates who, who my daughter's roommates from the Netherlands and her grandparents came to a couple of their games and we were able to talk to them and everything. And just to realize that, that they were children in the forties and, and their parents were adults during world war two and everything, um, her 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 grandparents' parents. Um, this is wild to think about that. How oh, how, yeah. how different? Like just where you're you're born. How how tremendous of a difference of an impact that can be on on your life experiences and everything. So yep. All right, you want to assign this one a grade? <sighs> I haven't really thought about it. I'm gonna go A minus. Okay. I'm an overgrader. Okay, uh, I'm good with an A minus. I I really like this one. I thought it was a really well done setup episode and you know for a show that's got only its series finale to deal with and and with a title like ragnarok you know they know they got to hit it out of the park otherwise we're going to be very disappointed and highly critical so i think they set up the finale really well we don't I mean, yes, you're right. We know they're going to fight. But beyond that, what's going to happen? What the end result? Because, yeah, and you might say, well, that's every show. Well, I don't know. Maybe. But, yeah. Anyway. All right. So, anyth- you, know, well, like, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, like, because I, that, that theme of we can, we don't have to repeat the same stuff right we can we can 
build a new world, a new reality, whatever. We don't have to do what the mythology says we have to do. Exactly. So, all right. Interesting to see. I feel like the mythology is going to play out, though. Okay. All right, Alan, Fred, thank you so much for your feedback, as always. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Ragnarok, anything going on in your genre world. Uh, you still got about 10 hours or so to vote in the poll if you are so inclined. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is where you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about the series finale of the Netflix fantasy Ragnarok. But until then... All right, Dave. So I, I think we need to work out like the, the hierarchy, the pecking order of this podcast. Okay. Okay. So here it is. You are Batman. I am Robin.